You're listening to Why We Do What We Do. To another episode of Why We Do What We Do. I'm going to be your host, Abraham. And I am Ryan O. And we got uh, Tyler over in the corner, who's going to be doing our video production and some audio assistant stuff. What's up, Tyler? Shout out. What's up, guys? <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, today we're going to actually be revisiting something we discussed in um, another episode. Well, actually, hold on. Before we even start, you got something. All right. So <laughs> uh, I was researching this a little bit beforehand. I pulled some stuff from WikiHow, and I'm not looking to target WikiHow. Uh, the actual the tutorial that they give is really thorough on like how to I think pretty pretty good on like how to do this sort of stuff. We yeah. can break it down a little bit more in a useful way. Okay. Um, but so in this episode, what we're going to talk about is I'm going to quote this. Okay. One of the most useful and widely used uh, mnemonics or memory aids is another name for a mnemonic um, or like what to think of um, is this memory palace. And a palace um, is like the series of places in your mind where you can store information that you need to remember. So with time and practice, anyone can build a memory palace, and uh, they're useful for more than just a memory uh, competition or kind of trivia situation. Yeah, I can use them for a lot of things. Uh, so do you remember our memory episode? I do, a little. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember uh, cues. <laughs> Great. That's what I need with, right? Cues yes. start me off. That's what you cool. need. All right, perfect. So uh, yeah, what we're discussing in this one is specifically the memory palace, uh, which is referred to in a few different ways. Um, it's also known as the method of loci. Um, and, uh, or like a, a memory journey is another way that people talk about it. For sure. Now here's their steps that they kind of list on WikiHow. Okay. Um, I'm kind of just kind of ramble through these. Okay. Um, so you decide on a blueprint to your palace. You're going to define your route in your palace of where you're going to go. Right. Um, and it needs to be something that's ideally unique. You're going to identify, uh, specific storage locations. Um, so there's a lot of brain references here already, right? The storage yeah. locations of, you're going to stop at certain places in your palaces, and there's going to be certain objects in that area that you can really remember. Um, you're going to then memorize, and this is where they, t the, in the series of steps that I found on WikiHow, they say, mm -hmm. you need to commit this to memory. Now, okay. That's something we talked about, right? <laughs> right. So you got to remember, remember your memory. <laughs> yes. <laughs> remembering your memory. Am I remembering that I'm remembering my memory? Or am I remembering that I'm remembering that I'm remembering my memory? Um, yeah, it kind of goes on. So like, hopefully our listeners are kind of pulling some of these things together we talked about in the past, right? Yeah. Um, or they're and, brand new and they don't want to listen to old ones and this is all new. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I think that um, probably then it's useful to say, I think if you listen to the memory episode that we did, that might be helpful in some of what we're going to talk about today. But yeah. we'll also try and package this as much as we can to be its yeah. own thing. Yeah, so committing to memory, like, I don't know what that is, but like, we need to do that. The next one would be, um, or I don't know how to do that necessarily, um, with this, just this list. Uh, the next step would be placing these things that you remembered in your palace, using various symbols and being very creative. Um, to be able to, and maybe even, even like stocking them uh, or kind of patting them with um, other mnemonics or kind of memory aids as well. So you can kind of leverage your memory to be able to like pull these things out and remember them. From there, you kind of explore what they say is explore your palace. So you're going to practice it. You're going to go through it over and over again in yeah. the same order with all those sort of cues and those things that you remember. Um, and whenever you need to recall this information, you're just going to mentally uh, walk through your palace. And the idea is you can just kind of repeat as needed. And I think it was a very cool, uh, to kind of tie this together, I think it was a very cool uh, idea, but yeah. a lot of information out there, um, I think leaves you hanging on like exactly how to pull these sort of things up. And like, why do they work? Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, I just referenced memory and all this sort of stuff, so tear me apart. But okay. <laughs> what, um, uh, <laughs> what really is going on here? Let's dive into this. Yeah, right? absolutely. 
All right, so there's a lot of, just going back a little bit in history and where this idea sort of came from, this method of loci, it had to do with, and I remember the exact story. I didn't want to go into a huge lesson, but there was like a, a building that collapsed and a guy that had been in the building was able to remember where everyone was seated is, is sort of the allegory there. And um, the idea behind this was that you specifically are going to create a a memory of a location where you're going to place events and items and things inside of that location. Um, and it doesn't actually have to be inside of a building. People do this where they're like imagining walking down paths. Um, I've heard people who will use like they'll imagine parts of their body uh, where these things will take place. And that's how they, uh, they set this up. And so the whole purpose is that you create this path and, um, what you're, you're visualizing it. You aren't actually going to like build a physical structure. Yeah. Um, you're going to talk about this path to yourself and you're going to uh, imagine a path and a location and it helps to do a location that you're already familiar with. Um, but you're going to use that to anchor these memories to parts of that location. Sounds like spatial memory. Exactly. And so what you're really doing there is you are, um, you're using the locations inside of this imaginary place that you've created, which could be, which actually should be based on a real place you've been. Um, but you're obviously not actually sitting there. So I can imagine the house that I grew up in okay. and I'm going to, I'm, I'm thousands of miles away from where that is now, yeah. but like I can imagine being inside in the front door and I'm looking at the front door and I can picture it and I can smell it and I can hear all the sounds on the street. And so all of those are that I'm just, I'm be, I'm imagining this and I'm going to use those cues that I can recall. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to use those to um, anchor my these particular memories to those cues. Mm -hmm. Okay? All right. So that's one way to do this. And um, they, like I said, it, it's recommended to do this familiar location. Um, and so the whole steps of this, as you really talked about, mm -hmm. are that you have this path. And you have a particular uh, group of things you want to remember. Mm -hmm. So what are some things people you want might want to remember? Um, man, uh, in my practice in the past, there's been a lot of, uh, client specific details I've needed to memorize. Okay. Um, and when you're talking about like memorizing important things of a person's history and then you have like 30, 40 people on your caseload, all of a sudden that's a lot of information. Ah, uh, does that count? Sure. Okay. So you can memorize people, um, anecdotal things that people will do just as sort of a parlor trick, yeah. um, which it's not a magic trick or anything. It's just this memorization technique, but it's memorizing decks of cards. People will, um, remember like just random digits of numbers. Some that are actually useful applications or people will remember a shopping list that's got like 30 items on it mm -hmm. and they'll be able to go through that entire thing. And, uh, I have a fun story about that a little bit okay. later. Um, so anyway, the, uh, the whole idea is that you can build this uh, memory bank, if you will, where mm -hmm. you can return to it and you can remember these things. And it's, it's supposed to be that you can remember a lot more things this way and it lasts a really long time. Okay. Okay. So let's summarize the history of some of the names of it and let's maybe get into some of the details of exactly how it works. Okay, sure. Is there some more of that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Into? Okay. So, yeah, like we said, um, it's, it seems to kind of pop up around like ancient Roman and Greece times. There's a lot of different names for it. Uh, the method of Loci was one of them. Loci right? or Loci. Yeah. Um, the alternatives, there's some that, some that I found online. Uh, memory journey, the journey method, the Roman room, the memory palace, or the mind uh, palace technique. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that there's somewhere that these kind of all vary a little bit in difference, but the yeah. idea was that they're all generally the same idea of you kind of using these spatial relations or things that are going on like in, you know, uh, certain locations be able to help you memorize these sort of things yeah um now i reference a lot of to summarize i also memorize or i also reference a lot of things regarding memory um we talk about memory more as cues right yes um so what we talked about was how they kind of talk about it is there's like you need to be able to uh, memorize or uh store these sort of memories yeah um, our version is 
of memory that there's these cues yep. that happen in time um, and you use these cues to kind of uh, build out these other networks, right, of yes. things that you remember. Um, so it's always referenced in that there's cues plus uh, what like else? Relations. Yes, relations. Yeah. Cool. So um, just to like walk through, as you really already did, of if you were building a memory palace, just if you're driving, probably don't do this. <laughs> uh, but if you're listening in a place where you can do this, um, you can imagine uh, you can close your eyes and picture this. Yeah, definitely do this. <laughs> yeah, definitely if you're driving. Keep your eyes open if you're driving. Um, but otherwise, if you can, and you can, um, uh, if you're in a place where this is safe, even if you're dr- driving, like, don't try and do this, but um, you just try to imagine a location that you're really intimately familiar with. And you're going to plan a specific route through this location. Like I said, I use my childhood home, but you can do just about anywhere. It helps to be a location that's familiar. Mm-hmm. And along the way, you're going to place specific memories. So let's say we're doing a shopping list for groceries. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, I need to remember the lettuce. Okay. And so um, right as you enter the, your location that you're at, um, you want to place the lettuce, but it's not just that you put the lettuce there. You want to make it as memorable as possible. So you want to give it some kind of smell, some texture, some sound, and make it be doing something weird. Okay. Okay. And it actually doesn't even have to be lettuce. It could be anything that reminds you of lettuce. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> if you're thinking about like uh, one of the only vegetables you talk about where you talk about it having a head, mm-hmm. um, and probably most foods, unless you're talking about like buying an actual animal's head, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh you can maybe even imagine there being a head sitting on your floor and that reminds you a head of lettuce. Uh-huh. Right? Um, so anything that can help serve as a cue for the thing you need to remember, it doesn't have to be the thing itself. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So you're just going to plan on setting those things in a particular order so that as you go through this palace, you can stop and look at each location where you've anchored a memory and you can recall what it is. Okay. And what's crazy about this is that people have used this technique to remember just enormous amounts of information. Yeah. And so uh, I'll get into a little bit later, like uh, some of the memory athletes and what the records that they hold for what they've been able to remember. Okay. Um, but just yeah, know that insane. it's way more than your average, just like, oh yeah, I remember all 10 of those things on my list. Yeah. It's like, I remember those 483 things that were on my list um, in perfect order. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's pretty crazy how... Um, and we mentioned this on our episode, but how limitless our memory is. Mm-hmm. Like, it, there doesn't seem to be any upper limit to it. Um, if you can imagine it and you can anchor it to a cue, you can remember it. And that's basically it. Okay, so one of the things, and actually before this episode, we, uh, Ryan memorized, I shuffled a deck of cards. And uh, Ryan memorized the ten, ten, the first ten cards I pulled off the deck. All right, cool. So that's where we did this, right? I, I'm going to grab them really quick. Okay. I think I still have them. And uh, see if you can remember. Did you guys mess up the order? Okay. They are all set and ready to go. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to okay. say correct or incorrect as you go through and just go as fast okay, as you cool. can. Let's uh, orient that way while we do it. Okay. We got some video so we can uh, show people later the proof. Okay. I'm going to turn so that I don't see that. Okay. Image, okay. All right. So we've repositioned ourselves so that I can't see, um, but you guys can see what's going on in the video that we'll share with the uh, podcast uh, show notes. So first one uh, was... A nine of hearts. Yes. The second one was a ten of diamonds. Yes. Next one was a four of clubs. Yes. Next one was a four of diamonds. Yes. Next one was a six of hearts. Yes. The next one was a three of clubs. Yes. The next one was a, let's see, man, it was a... 
Club. Yep. And it was Jack. Yes. Next one was two of hearts. Almost. Nope, diamonds. Yep. Because it was my father running out the door. Um, <laughs> we'll have to explain that in a yeah. second. <laughs> That's correct. The next one was a eight of, definitely an eight. The eight of spades. Nope. I don't know what it was. It was an eight of something. Eight of diamonds. It had diamonds. Oh, because my dad made me fill up the... Yeah, okay. We'll <laughs> reference that one, too. And then the last one was a uh, two of clubs. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So I only missed one. Two of them. Oh, two, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm going to briefly talk about what we did real quick for this. Yeah, cool? so as I said, I just shuffled up these cards, and then I drew the first top ten and uh, made Ryan build this memory palace. And so what, what were your process in this memory palace? Um, so, uh, so what we did is Abraham told me um, kind of walk me through the process, right? You, you, you showed me how to kind of build this memory palace. So what yep. we did is we started um, selecting locations. So we found, uh, I selected my house that mm -hmm. I grew up in for like my middle school to high school years. Yep. Um, and we started at the door. Can we just walk through the whole process of what was going on there? Uh, just like what, what you use to sort of anchor those memories so you can remember okay. suit and number Okay, and yeah. So um, what we did is there was... There was number versus face cards. My numbers, um, all my number cards were somebody was running. Yep. All my face cards was something something or someone was sitting. Yep. All of my uh, suits went in this order. My diamonds were my father. My hearts were my mother. My spades were someone, something gardening yep. related. Um, and my clubs were uh, golf clubs. Yep. And when it came to the numbers, I tried to relate it to something that was going on in that context. Mm -hmm. So, for example... Um, halfway through was the six of hearts. My mom used to sit by the coffee table, which was about halfway through from the door to the backyard, which mm -hmm. is what I used to kind of remember, memorize everything. She read a lot of uh, Nora Roberts books, um, and we remembered actually, I didn't reference this, but white, pink, purple, red, blue, green yep. is how we remembered the six. Yeah, it was six um, colors of the books. Yeah, six colors of the books that were sitting on the coffee table. Um, immediately after that, for another example, was the three of clubs. And the reason it was clubs was um, clubs was easy to remember because of the golf club part. Mm -hmm. But I uh, used three because my dad used to throw on way too many uh, logs on the fire and made it very hot. <laughs> so I could bring all those other senses in, right? Yeah. The senses, which was um, actually like really beneficial because I would like. Uh, I'd remember the process of, oh, I'm at the fireplace now, and mm -hmm. it's just like sweat clubs, like, it's boom, it's there. You yeah, know? yeah. So, right. um, yeah, that was kind of what I used. Is that enough detail? Yeah, that's totally okay. great. Um, so when I referenced like dad running out the door, that was because it was a diamond, yep. um, so it and it dad. was a number card. So it was so, running. Yes, so it was dad running. And it just happened um, to be in that part of the of the house where there was a door. Yes, yeah. exactly. So. Um, so that's why we get those kind of weird things, but it worked very well, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So... Um, Great. So that was an example of sort of how to build a memory palace and what one could look like. And so really the purpose of the episode, we really just wanted to talk about that aspect of it so that we could talk about why would this work and how do we understand this in the context of what we know about memory? Yes. Right. So yeah, that is the important gist of this uh, podcast we need to get to. And I think we've actually been hinting already a number of times at um, – of what's important about this process. Yeah. And what that is, is that going back to our idea about memory is it's these cues. Yes. And it's the cues, fact. Cues, cues, Yeah. So many cues, cues. Cues, cues, And the, what's different about this too, is that these cues are linked to as many sensory features as we can pull into them. Yeah. We try every time that we talk about one of these things, we're going to give it a, a smell, 
a, a sight, some visual, mm-hmm. uh, a sound that it makes, what it could feel like, um, yeah. what it could make you feel like, where it exists in the context of what you're imagining spatially. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're basically just taking a single event that you're trying to remember, like a grocery list. You have a single item on the list. But instead of just remembering lettuce, you're giving that lettuce like seven other anchors and seven other cues that you can then come back to. And you're tying it in this big relational web with all of these other cues that are related to the other things on your list. Okay. So does that fit with what we talked about with memory? Yeah. 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 100%. <laughs> it, there's like, it doesn't deviate in any way, but there's an important element of this because um, I mean, do you think, could an animal do this? I mean, a, um, like, could a cat do this? No. No. Right? <laughs> I wouldn't think Probably so. Probably not. Now, yeah, that actually, yeah. Someday we need to tackle, like, difference between non-humans and humans, probably. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. Like, I expect them to be able to, to memorize things to some extent. Right, right. There's, yeah. There's, there's memory there. Yeah, but not like, to say that cats don't memory, remember things. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> but is it a memory palace? I don't think so. Yeah. But yeah. Because this, what's unique about this is... Well, maybe it, they're secretly, like, can, and that's, like, well, there's about <laughs> <Yeah>. cats, right? <laughs> that's what it is, yeah. They, they plot. Yeah. They plot and plan. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry um, to derail. No, no. It's, uh, with the memory palace, what's unique about this is that it's an entirely verbal event. Mm-hmm. You absolutely have to have verbal behavior because you're using your verbal behavior or your language to create these cues where they don't exist in physical reality. Mm-hmm. And it's not that we're creating anything that is like on this dual plane of reality. It's just that it's it only exists in the context of your language and how you can use your language, um, even if it's just in your head. Mm-hmm. You're still using your language just to set up these cues as they exist. Yeah. Right? Um, and so... That I mean, that's kind of the big secret of this whole thing is it doesn't necessarily have to be any of the things that we reference in the memory palace, but the idea of the memory palace lends itself well to this because it already brings in these features that we've talked about. Uh-huh. And like I said, people, it doesn't even have to be a location. People have done this on their body where they imagine just like their little, their pinky finger is going to represent something yeah. and they'll use their fingers and their toes and their hair and like every part of the body, uh, obviously the list could go on, yeah. <laughs> uh, to remember, um, these these particular memory cues and and just and they just anchor them to those things and they don't have to be things that you can even necessarily look at where you are as a matter of fact some of the people who practice uh, will practice this in such a way that they wear these big goggles that are completely like spray painted black so they can't see anything and okay. these noise canceling headphones and they practice in the absence of all the other cues that are already in their environment so that they can focus just on the cues that they're generating through their language okay Nice. So you're really trying to make those relations really strong. Exactly. And, and strong, and do, I mean by like practicing a lot. They're trying to make them strong and independent of the context in which they practice. Okay. Because context is just, I mean, it's everything when it comes to memory and our experiences is that like every time that you are remembering something, you're now remembering that in the context of where you are as you uh, interact with those cues that evoked that memory mm-hmm. or that remembering action that you're doing. And so the same is true for when you do these practice. So people get really good at like tuning things out when they yeah. do these, um, but it helps. And so you're actually more likely if like, if I bet if we were to do this again, you'd be able to come in this room and be like, Oh, I remember when we did that memory. Palace. Oh yeah. No, yeah. And my memory palace is like ingrained with the yellow walls of the room that we're recording yeah. in and books <laughs> yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. The people in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that's the gist of it. Like the, the memory palace, um, is super interesting because it's a way of applying all these things that we know about memory, um, in such a way that you can 
really stretch as far, you know far, much further than people will normally be able to uh, develop those memory systems of their own. Yeah. So what's some things people have done with this? Well, um, as I said, one of the practical applications is remembering things like, as you said, you might remember a patient list or a grocery list, but um, there are people who really spend time on this and they go to competitions. Like anything else, there's some extreme people in this area. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I think that you don't necessarily have to use the method of loci to do these competitions. Yeah. Um, but that's a very common technique. Yeah. And so they call... That's also what I read and understood. Right, yeah. research, yeah. Uh, so, the, and they call them memory athletes. These people who will, um, they do these exercises. And so an example of this, similar to what I did with Ryan, is they'll shuffle a deck of cards and they'll memorize all 52 of them. And they'll be able to recall them all in order. And they only have a few minutes to study the deck, and then they recall them as quickly as they can, um, with with you know few or no errors. Mm-hmm. And then um, obviously there's records and stuff that I'll get to in a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, people have remem- uh, memorized just strings of random digits. Mm-hmm. Those do digits. You know, it's it's a random number generator. We'll come up with <laughs> digits. So when I looked up, there was uh, uh, someone memorized the first a little over sixty-two thousand digits of pi. Mm-hmm. Yep. So 3.1415 is all I remember. <laughs> <laughs> but they went 62,000 digits. That's a lot of it's digits. insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know of somebody who memorized all of Dante's Inferno using the mem- the method of loci. Okay. I-, I don't know them personally. I read about yeah. those, their account. Okay. They could do any element of um, of the Dante's Inferno story um, completely from memory. Uh-huh. And um, people know this other thing. Poetry is another one they've done this with. Yeah. Um, and... But what's interesting about this is that just because you get really good at memorizing these particular lists does not necessarily mean that you that the skill means that anytime you learn anything new, you automatically put it in a memory palace and you remember it this way. Mm-hmm. Like this takes deliberate effort. Yeah. And so uh, these people who are these memory athletes don't necessarily walk out the door and just remember everything that they see all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, they're just normal people. And even I think that and I might be wrong about that. So I believe that people have looked at like brain scans. They'll look at you know, the differences in their brain, and they don't appear to have any real differences in how their uh, brain structure are set up, which someone might be concerned about in terms of like whether this is a real effect or just people who have these amazing brains who are good at this sort of thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's been shown like the success is, has little to do with their like their brain structure or their intelligence, you know, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, and it's this uh, building these networks of cues. Yeah. Yeah, that's really basically like that. That's really the gist of it. And I think that you said it really well. It's building networks of cues. Yeah, that's that's what it is. Nice. Uh, a couple of records that I thought would be fun to go over that I saw from some of these memory athletes um, was uh, fifty-two cards. So again, they had a few minutes to study, and they were able to do all fifty-two in eighteen seconds. Yeah, it's it very took fast. Me a lot longer to get through ten. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I saw a hundred and twenty random words. So just like a random word generator, and they okay. uh, memorized one hundred twenty of them. In um, sequential order? That's how that goes? Yeah, they do them yeah. in order, yeah. yeah. The correct order in the, in the correct order. And then there was a one called speed digits, which as I understood it, I I wasn't sure how this was a little bit different from like the pi thing. Yeah. Um, but I guess what it was is they had five minutes to study uh, just random digits. Okay. And then uh, they had to recall as many as they could. Yeah. Um, and the record for this was 483 digits. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of digits. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know if there's some sort of different like uh, sequence or pattern that was used for the Pi one. I actually don't know that for sure. Sure. Um, yeah. So yeah, there, I would be willing to bet with such differences between 483 and the 62,000. I know that was 62,000. Yeah. Um, but there had to have been 
uh, some sort of difference in the algorithm yeah. that they're kind of using, or like the way they memorized. Certainly, in how much time they had to study. Yeah, sixty two thousand is going to take yeah. a while. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> so, um, I mean, yeah, that's kind of it. And I know that I had I had been communicating with someone who was a non psychologist about memory and how it works, and they were very curious about it. And I had basically discussed what we talked about in our memory episode mm-hmm. and about the cues and the networks and the, yeah. and the relations and that sort of thing. And they were like, well, what about this memory palace thing? And at the time I actually hadn't heard of it. And so I went and learned about it from what I could. And, uh, and I was like, well, this is not really different from what I talked about because this is, mm-hmm. it's the same idea of you're yeah. building. The, the only real difference is that it's mostly, or actually it's really entirely verbal. It's yep. just a constructed uh, yeah. that you build the cues that way. Um, and so it's not, uh, all the process is the same. Yeah. Cool. Cool. But I think that's it. That's all I got on, on the memory palace. Yeah, no. Anything else? A little bit of short, shorter episode. Yeah. I think it's good. I think we tied it all together, though. Yeah. All right. With that, take a quick second again. Just, like, shout out to everybody. Yeah. Um, that's stuck around, the supporters, especially, and uh, anyone that's hit us up on Patreon. We've had some of those, which is just, like, crazy. Yeah. And awesome. And there's so much more interaction and like thank yous and things like that are going to be coming out and targeted towards those sort of folks too so thank you so appreciate it <laughs> thank you yeah. for your support thank you for everyone who's who's tweeted at us who's sent us a, a, a facebook message who's liked anything we've posted and especially yeah. thank you for listening yes all right cool well this is abraham signing off and rhino out we'll catch you next time you've been listening to why we do what we do Why We Do What We Do is supported in part by ABAI's Disseminating Behavior Analysis Special Interest Group and our amazing listeners. If you like what you heard, consider heading to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash podcast. Anything helps, and we are continuously lining up perks and merch for our supporters. If you have any comments or questions, we'd love to hear from you. Find us at podcast on your favorite social media platforms. You can learn more about this and other episodes by going to www.podcast.com. There, you'll find links as well as detailed and shareable show notes. Why We Do What We Do is Abraham, Ryan O, and Miranda. Artwork and logo designed by Andrew Pollock at nogdesigns.com. Video and production assistance from Tyler Brucier with music courtesy of Justin Greenhouse. Brendan Bohr does our episode art. Thanks for listening, and we hope you have an awesome day.